You're listening to the teaching podcast of The Crossing Church. We exist so that the real you can have a daily encounter with the real Jesus in word and deed. For more information about our church, visit crossingparagold.com. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to go to Matthew chapter 7 as we continue in our series that we have entitled This Incredible Opportunity. And if you are uh, joining us for the first time today, whether you're on uh, YouTube or Facebook or our website or listening to the podcast later, uh, I personally uh, want to welcome you. I want to thank you for listening. My name is Jared. I'm one of the pastors of The Crossing Church. And on behalf of our pastors and our members, we're so glad uh, that you chose to be with us today. If you do want more information about us as a church, um, you can go to our website. That's Crossing Paradise. Com, or if you are on our website right now or you're on Facebook, we'll drop a connect link for you in the notes section. would encourage you to click on that. Just fill out some information about you and your family. That way we can have a record of your visit and know how that we can serve you to the best of our ability. That said, uh, Matthew chapter 7 is where we are going to be. And there's going to be a lot of notes that I think some of you might want to access today through this teaching. And as always, you can get those um, through our online platform at Crossing Paragool, just in the notes section. Or you can go to the YouVersion Bible app and get the information there. But Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24, I'll read down to verse 27. Jesus says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Let's pray together one more time, and then we'll dive into this. Father, I thank you for everyone who is listening. I thank you for the technology that you've given us that allows us to meet even in these crazy times. And I pray that right now through that technology and through your Holy Spirit um, that you would dig out our ears, that you would soften our hearts, and you would help us to receive everything that you have for us today. And it's in Christ's name that I pray and ask these things. Amen. Well, in my opinion, uh, one of the greatest things about having an iPhone is having the Maps app, um, which if you have this app, you know basically you just plug in directions and it'll tell you step by step how to get from where you are to where you want to be. And one of the reasons that I love this app is because, as my wife will tell you, I tend to be one of the most directionally challenged people on the face of the earth. Like, I know there are some people um, that you can tell them, like, hey, go west for 30 miles, turn right, then take two lefts, and another right, then another left, and then you'll be there. And there are people that honestly can hear that, um, and without any question, without looking at a map or looking at directions, can be like, okay, got it, and they will arrive at their destination, no problem. Um, I'm not one of those people. I mean, you tell me to go west, I might head east. I mean, I, I just have a terrible sense of direction, so much so that the very first time that I ever went to Memphis, I remember um, literally, this is back in the days when you print out directions on MapQuest, and so if you miss a turn, I mean, you're, you're screwed. I mean, there's no like recalculating or anything like that, and so first time I ever went to Memphis, um, I missed a turn and ended up lost on Crump Boulevard and got robbed by some guys in an alley. True story. Uh, my wife will also tell you our very first date, I turned a one-hour trip into a three-hour trip. 
because again, MapQuest just wasn't able to do it for me. And therefore, as you can imagine, when the Maps app came out, it absolutely changed my life uh, because unlike just having you know printed directions in front of me, the Map app actually talks to me. Like it speaks to me in this clear and calm voice that guides me and navigates me step by step towards my desired destination. And the reason I share that with you this morning is because what I want you to see today is that more than even I need to hear the voice from my app to help me navigate my car in an unfamiliar place, each of us more than ever before need to hear the voice of God so that we can navigate our life in the unfamiliar place that we now find ourselves in. And therefore, it's in this season, as we continue in this series, and this season where we feel uh, that life is even more uncertain and unfamiliar than ever before, in this season where we continue to find ourselves in uncharted territory, where the road in front of us is different than the road that is behind us, I believe that right now we have an incredible opportunity to learn how to hear and obey the voice of God. And I just want to say, um, before I dive into this topic, um, what we're going to talk about today, we really believe as pastors, is the most important thing in our church. Um, This is the thing that if we can get it down, like if we can teach this, if we can learn this um, as, as, as pastors and as a staff and as leaders and as members, if we can learn what I want to talk about today, I truly believe that we position ourselves for a massive move of God. And so I just want you to know, um, um, this, this may feel like just another sermon to some of you, but it is not just another sermon to me or our pastors. Uh, whether you are a business owner or a factory worker or you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a dad or you're a student, whether you're single or you're married, you're rich or you're poor, you're young or old, if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you have got to get this down. You must learn how to hear the voice of God and obey. And that is exactly what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7 in the text that we just read, which is Jesus' most famous sermon he's ever preached. It's a sermon that is all about how to flourish, how to thrive. And what Jesus says at the very end of his sermon, again, is, hey, you want to flourish? You want to thrive? Like you want to experience life to the fullest in the kingdom of God? You want to learn how to withstand the storms when they come crashing down on you? Then here's what you have to do. You have to hear God's voice and then obey it. It's that simple. And so with that in mind, the question I want to run after this morning is, how exactly do we do this? I mean, it's one thing to, to hear God whenever the God-man, Jesus Christ, is standing on a mountain in front of you and speaking audibly. But the question I want to try to answer this morning is, is how do we hear God in 2020? How does he speak to us now? And how do we grow to hear and to recognize his voice? I was talking with my son, Wyatt, who turned seven this week. And I asked him two weeks ago, Wyatt, what is something that God's been saying to you lately? And he looked at me just absolutely confused and said, Dad, I don't even know what God's voice sounds like. And I'm guessing that there are many of you that can say the same thing. I don't even know, what does God's voice even sound like? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Like, how does God speak to us in 2020, and how do we grow to hear and recognize his voice? And though this is not an exhaustive list, I would say there are at least eight ways that God speaks to us today. And the first way that I would say that God speaks to us is through the scripture. In 2 Timothy 3.16 
Paul says all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Put another way, the words that we read in the Bible are God's words passed down to us through other men and women. And therefore, most of what you need to know about relationships and sexuality and finances and just life in general is all found right here. God is telling you this is the way it is. This is God's voice. This is God's word spoken to you and to me. Another way that we hear God's voice is through creation. I think of that line from Psalm chapter 1 where the psalmist, after looking at a tree planted by streams of water, says, that's what the righteous are like. Right? He looks at this tree and God speaks through the tree to him to say, like, yeah, that's what the righteous are like. They're like a, like, like a tree planted by streams of water. So God speaks through creation to the psalmist. In Romans chapter 1, verse 20, Paul says, we can know the invisible God through his visible creation. Um, a few weeks ago, I was sitting on my front porch and I was, you know, struggling with some anxiety, just thinking about the future of the church and my own future and just different things. And, and I, I just said to God, I'd actually read like in, in 1 Samuel or 2 Samuel that day and just, it didn't really speak to me a whole lot. I was like, God, I just really need to hear a word from you. Like, like, what do you want to say to me? And about that time, this little bird landed in our yard and, and began to pick up a piece of plastic and take it up to a tree and then picked up a twig and, and began to pick it up and take it, try to build this nest. And what I really just felt God speak to me in that moment is he said, Notice how this bird doesn't have to work. It doesn't have to, you know, to go to a job to make money. It doesn't have to go to Lowe's to buy material or to Amazon. But yet, I provide everything this bird needs. And Jared, if I love you more than this bird, and I do, you can trust I will provide for you as well. That right? is an example of God speaking through his creation. Another way that God will speak to us is through prophecy. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, starting in verse 1, Paul says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. The first time I can ever remember having a prophetic word spoke over me um, was back, I think it was in 2015, I was in San Diego, and a man named Elbert Paul was speaking. I know some of you have met Elbert, he actually brought him in before to lead a prayer meeting for our church. But I was sitting there listening to Elbert, and I just found myself in this place where honestly God felt distant from me, and so I was just praying you know, in my heart, um, God, I really want to know that you see me. I want to know that you see me and that you delight in me. And as I'm sitting there praying that to God, Elbert, as he's speaking, he stops. And I'm in the crowd. And he just looks out and he says, hey, what's your name? And I'm not really sure he's talking about me. And he's like, yeah, you. He's like, well, my name's Jared. And he said, okay, like, Jared, I just want you to know, like, God's eyes are on you right now. And he wants you to know that he sees you and he delights in you. I mean, it blew me away. I was like, there's no way he could have known what I was just sitting there wrestling with. And what happened? God gave this man a prophetic word. He gave him a word to deliver to me that absolutely gave me courage and strength. And that's how you can always know, by the way, if it's a prophetic word. If someone says, I have a prophetic word for you, and it leaves you feeling just like shame and just guilt and like you've been beat down, that's not a word from God. Paul says in here, prophecy, whenever it's from the Lord, if it's a word from God to you, is for strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So this is a way that God speaks. And I just want to say, side note, by the way, I really hope we grow in this as a church. 
Like, I hope we come to a place where literally you cannot show up for a Sunday gathering or an MC meal without receiving a prophetic word from God that actually stirs your heart towards him. Uh, This is just something that I want to see us cultivating as a church. The fourth way we see that God speaks to us is through dreams and visions. Um, I think about the story of Peter in Acts 10. Um, If you remember the story, Peter's about to pray, and then all of a sudden he gets hungry, and he's like, I need to go get something to eat. And so, which is like, I can totally relate with Peter on that. Um, Gives me a lot of hope. And so he gets up to go eat, but all of a sudden he kind of falls into this trance. He has this vision. And in his vision, he sees all of these animals that in the Old Testament were declared unclean. But God says to him, uh, Peter, I'm telling you now, they are clean. Peter's like, no, God, like I would never eat those kind of animals. And God says, no, 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 like I'm telling you, what you think is unclean, I'm saying is clean. Peter's kind of confused by this, but he's figuring, okay, God's saying something to me here. I need to pay attention. So he goes downstairs. When he gets downstairs, there's some messengers there saying to him, I want you to go to Cornelius' house, to a Gentile's house, which Peter would have never done as a good Jew unless he just heard God speak to him through a vision saying, go there. And so Peter says, okay, even as a Jew, I'm going to go to the Gentile's house. He gets to Cornelius' house. And what does he find? Cornelius is there, not just by himself, but with all of his family and his friends, all Gentiles. Peter then preaches the gospel to them, and we see the very first Gentiles converted. And the reason this is important is because if you're not a Jew, you are a Gentile, which means if you have received the gospel today, it is because of something that started with a dream or a vision. We see this in Acts 16, where... Paul, after being thwarted on several mission trips, he's, uh, he has this dream, he has a vision, and he sees a man from Macedonia saying, come and help me. And so Paul goes to his friends and says, man, I believe God was speaking to me through this vision, through this dream. So they go to Macedonia, they preach the gospel, revival breaks out, and eventually the church in Philippi is birth. And this isn't just something we see in the scripture. We see it uh, uh, today. I can point to examples in my own life. Many of you know uh, Brooke and BJ Smith, who are missional community leaders in our church and have been such a blessing, uh, not only to me, but to our church and our entire city and beyond. And uh, I won't go into the whole story, but a big reason why Brooke and BJ are here is because of a vision a dream that God gave to me. Um, I think of Muslims who throughout the world right now are being converted to Christianity because of a vision where they are seeing a man in white who they believe to be Jesus. Um, I was talking with a Muslim woman in our own city just last year. He came up to the office and she was looking for healing and we actually laid hands on her, prayed for healing, even felt like there was some demonic activity in her life and prayed for God through Christ to cast out the demon. And we saw him do some miraculous things. But then after that was over, um, I just looked at her and I said, Hafiza, do you by chance um, sense that, that um, or have you ever by chance had this vision or a dream of a man in white? And she looked at me with tears in her eyes and she said, yes, actually I have it over and over. How did you know? And I said, well, I think that's Jesus. And I believe he's pursuing you and he's trying to tell you that he doesn't just want to bring you physical healing, he wants to bring you spiritual healing. And and though I'm not sure that that Hafiza has come to Christ yet, I really believe that her husband has, that we have seen him truly give his life to Jesus. And again, what has happened is going through dreams and visions. So God speaks this way even today. Another way that God speaks is through angels. Um, As far as I know, I've never encountered an angel And I say as far as I know, because though there are some times in Scripture where people will see an angel and just like fall down in fear, um, in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says there are other instances where we can entertain angels and not even know it. And so whether you have an encounter where, you know, you were, you know, knocked down in fear from an angel or just, you know, an angel appears in human form, all throughout Scriptures, angels are known as God's messengers. They deliver a word from God to humans. Six, we know that God does speak through an audible voice. Um, Again, I've personally never heard the audible voice of God, but I know people who say they have. 
Um, I've talked to a church planner who actually said the reason he planted a church is because he heard the audible voice of God saying, plant your church right here in this city. We see this in scripture as well. I think of Exodus chapter 3, verse 4, where um, Moses uh, sees a bush that is on fire. He walks towards the bush, and from out of the bush, God speaks to him and says, Moses, Moses. And then uh, Moses hears it with his ears and says, God, here I am. Um, we know that seventh, that God speaks also through circumstances. Or another way of saying this is that God speaks through doors. Like God speaks through open doors and he speaks through closed doors. And honestly, this can be a little bit tricky because there are times where an open door is God's way of saying, oh, uh, walk this way. But then there are other times where an open door is a temptation. Um, there are some times where a closed door is God saying, don't do this. But then there are other times where a closed door is an enemy's attempt to thwart you and keep you from pursuing God's will. And this is why, by the way, it's so important that you have community, that you have a DNA or brothers and sisters in Christ who you can bounce things off of and say, is this also what you're hearing from God? Is this what you're seeing in this moment? Lastly, I would say that God speaks through this gut feeling or a sense. And oftentimes, this is how I feel God speak to me. More than I get a vision or a dream or necessarily even a prophetic word or an angel that appears to me, I just get this feeling. And sometimes it's like, man, I... I can't explain it. I've got no picture or image in my mind. It's just, I don't feel peace about this. Can't tell you why. I just don't feel it's right. Or the opposite may be true. There are times where I'm like, man, like, yes, this absolutely resonates with my entire being. Like, I believe, like, I feel this is something God is calling us to do. And so, again, this is not an exhaustive list, but the point is God does speak. He speaks in at least eight different ways. He speaks through scripture and creation, prophecy, dreams, vision, angels, an audible voice, circumstances, and even a gut feeling or sense. And therefore, because that is true, because God does, in fact, speak to us today in many different ways, the question now is how do we actually grow in hearing God's voice? Voice. And before I tell you practically how we can grow in hearing God's voice, um, let me quickly tell you what I think are five of the most common reasons why we do not hear his voice. And for some of you, um, this may be a sobering thought, but maybe for you, you don't hear the voice of God because Jesus is not your shepherd. In John chapter 10, Jesus refers to us as sheep. And sheep, um, that's actually not a very endearing term. Um, even though you may think a sheep is cute and cuddly, they're actually quite stupid. I mean, they do dumb stuff over and over again. They carry about in this naive optimism um, that you know causes them, apart from a shepherd, to often wander off, get lost, and then either devoured by a wolf or fall headlong over a cliff. And that's really bad news. But the good news is today is that if you will admit you're a sheep, if that's not beneath you, if you will admit that you are weak and you are vulnerable and you are needy and you're not as smart and clever as you think that you are, and then you then turn to Jesus in your neediness, in your poverty of spirit, he promises that he will be your good shepherd, which means he will love you, he will protect you, he will lead you. And listen, he says he will even speak to you. And in John ten four, he says when he speaks to his sheep, his sheep hear and know his voice. And so if you don't hear and know the voice of God, I would just ask you to be honest and ask yourself this question, is Jesus really my shepherd? And if you would answer that question and say, yeah, like he, he truly is. Like I've trusted my life fully to Christ. I've trusted in his life, death, and resurrection. He is my Lord and my Savior. But Jared, I still have a hard time hearing the voice of God. Well, I think that could possibly be, uh, maybe for some of you, another reason why some of us don't hear the voice of God is if we can be honest, we just don't believe it's possible. Um, I know for me growing up, I was taught basically that everything God wanted to say 
um, he has already said to me in the Bible. And so kind of the way I view the Bible is I was told this is a love letter that God has written to you. And then basically he just put it on the table and then walked away. And he will not say anything else to you other than what was been, been written in that letter until you see him in heaven someday. And therefore, um, because that is true, I just never expected that God would speak to me any other time other than whenever I was just reading the Bible. Now, this is a very popular view among evangelicals. I think it's important to remember um, that God actually desires to have a relationship with you. And relationships of any kind, right, require conversation. It requires conversation back and forth where you speak and you are being spoken to. And if it is true, right, if this is true, if it's true that God actually created words and he created ears and he created relationships and conversation, then why would we ever believe that he would refuse to have an ongoing conversation with you and me, a two-way conversation back and forth today? I mean, when you read the gospel, you see the whole point of Jesus' work, his life, death, his resurrection, his ascension, was to unite us with God, to bring us together in this one incredibly close and intimate relationship, which inv- and, and, and it absolutely has to have, it's essential to have a conversation that is back and forth. And so if you do not hear from God, the question that I would encourage you to ask yourself is, do I actually believe that this is the kind of relationship God desires to have with me? Where I speak to him, but yes, he also speaks to me. A third reason I would say that people often don't hear from God is because of their own family of origin story. You know, the truth is um, there are many people who don't hear from God because they have a dysfunctional view of God. And the reason they have a a false and dysfunctional view of God is because they project onto God the relationship they had with their own parents, their own mother or father. And so if you had a mom and dad that honestly just were not very attuned to you, they didn't pay attention to you, they had other things to do, they didn't listen to you, they didn't really care, or even they abused you, it's going to be very hard for you to trust that God actually has the time for you to sit down with you, to speak to you. Maybe for some of you, after a hard day of school, Man, you would come home and feel so lonely and so beat up and so discouraged. And, and what you desperately needed was for a parent to come sit on the bed with you, to make sense of the world, to make sense of what is happening in you in that moment, to give you a good and strong word, to nourish your heart. And yet you would sit there all alone. Some of you, you have parents that never took your heart seriously. You have parents that never slowed down. They never connected with you. And listen, if you didn't have a parent that was engaged and connected to your heart, then what do you think happens in your brain whenever you sit down and try to be with your heavenly parent? Rather than feeling nearness and tenderness of God, you will feel nothing but loneliness and emptiness like God is a million miles away. And this is one of the reasons why many of us struggle to hear from God. A fourth reason I would say we struggle to hear from God is because honestly, we're just too busy. We're distracted. Our calendar is full. We're running from one event to another, to another, to another, to another, to another. I mean, every little square inch of free space is crammed full of something. And even if we do get some free time, we fill it with Netflix or an iPhone or some device or we check our email. And therefore, because our life is filled with so much noise, it drowns out the voice of God. Finally, I would say this, one of the reasons we struggle so much to hear from God is because um, for some of you, it's that you're just not obeying God. Um, For some of you, listen, God has already spoken a word to you. You know what that word is, and you're not obeying it. And and therefore, God has just said, okay, if you're not going to listen and obey, then I'm just going to quit speaking to you. Um, Dallas Willard says this way better than I ever could, so I'll just quote him. He says this, if you find yourself in a place where you can honestly say, God is not speaking to me, then you might ask yourself, why should God speak to me? 
What am I doing in life that would make speaking to me a reasonable thing for him to do? Perhaps we do not hear God's voice because we fully intend to run our lives on our own and have never seriously considered anything else. The voice of God, therefore, listen to this, the voice of God, therefore, would be an unwelcome intrusion into our plans. That said, um, in the time that we have left, I want to very briefly, very quickly share with you five practical ways that you and I can grow in hearing the voice of God so that we can then obey him and experience with him the life that we were created to experience. And the first thing I would just say is this, if you truly want to hear the voice of God, the first thing you must do is become a disciple of Jesus. And a disciple, as we have said before, is to reorient your life around three goals. Goal number one, to be with Jesus, to have intimacy with Jesus. Goal number two is to become like Jesus. And goal number three is to do what Jesus did. Put another way, to be a disciple is not the same thing as claiming to be a Christian. It's not the same thing as just praying this prayer uh, or saying out loud, like, yeah, I like the idea of Jesus. But rather, to be a disciple is to follow up your verbal confession with this deep, heart-level commitment. More than Jesus just being a brand, he is your Lord and your Savior. Rather than him just being an accessory that you add on to your life, Jesus is the treasure that you build your entire life around. He becomes your pursuit. I mean, intimacy with him is your number one Go. That's what it means to be a disciple. And until you become that disciple, you will never hear the voice of God. If you are a disciple, I would just say this. And secondly, if you want to hear the voice of God, you need to spend daily time in scripture and prayer. Rather than just kind of waking up, you know, with your hair on the fire in the morning, running late and all that, and just kind of playing Bible roulette, we're just like, oh, okay, like, oh shoot, like that's Chronicles. Like, and then just like reading a verse and then like running off. You need to sit down and you need to block out time to where you can actually meditate on the scripture. And to meditate on the scripture is really what a dog does to a bone. It chews on it, it gnaws on it, eventually it, it, it kind of breaks it down, gets it into its system, and as it metabolizes, it nourishes the dog. And that's what it means to meditate on scripture. It's to chew on it, it's to meditate on it, and it's to memorize it. So you need to, if you want to hear from God, spend time in the scripture. You also need to pray. And remember, prayer is not just talking to God, it's also listening to God. I don't know about you, but a lot of times the temptation for me is to be like, okay, God, like, here's my list. I'm bam, 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 I'm, I'm out. But prayer is more than just talking. It's listening to God. Say, what are you saying to me? Third, I would say if you want to hear from God, you need to process your story. Spend time with the DNA, with a good therapist, uh, with brothers or sisters in Christ, and just be honest about the fact that it could very well be true the reason you don't hear from God is because of the way your earthly father or mother was treating you and because of the wounds and the hurt you have from the past that you're projecting on your heavenly father. Fourth, I would say this. If you want to grow and be able to hear from God, you just need to pay attention. God is always speaking. The problem is just that we're not always listening. We're so distracted. Again, we're running from here to there, and therefore I would encourage you to slow down to stop feeling every single minute of your day with a device or a screen or something you have to knock out on your to-do list and just spend time recentering yourself in the presence of God. Just saying, okay, God, I know you're here. Help me to be here. Now, what would you say to your servant? Just something that simple a few times throughout the day. And then listen to see what he says. And then lastly, I would say, if you want to hear from God's voice, you have to start obeying. You know, a lot of times whenever God speaks to us, it's because he wants to tell us something to do for our benefit and for his glory. Um, a lot of times when he speaks, he's saying, hey, turn right or turn left or go straight or recalculate, right? like turn around and go the other direction. 
And just so you know, um, though when God speaks to us, he's always calling us into life. Usually he's also calling us out of our comfort zone. And this is why it's hard to obey God, because as Americans, I mean, if there is anything we value, it is safety and security. If you think about it, we have insurance for everything. I mean, we have life insurance, auto insurance, home insurance, health insurance. We're told you've got to like, save three months of income up, or like, you're really like, bad with your finances, and you're going to be in a lot of trouble, and you've got to be able to save it for your kid's college, and this, and that. And, right? I mean, we do anything we can to cushion our life of any kind of uncertainty. But oftentimes, whenever God calls you to do something, he will call you out of your comfort zone. He'll call you to step out in faith so that you can, as a result, experience with him the life that you're longing to experience. And if you hear all that and you're like, Jerry, that's, that sounds great. But, but how exactly do I know? How do I know that I know that I'm hearing the voice of God? Like, how do I know? I don't want to be Jim Jones, right? Like some like crazy, like freak guy or like, how do I know that I, I, I'm not like hearing like the voice of my parents or I'm not like hearing, you know, some demons or the voices in my head. Like, how do I know that I know that I'm hearing the voice of God? And that's an important question. What I would say is if you want to know, like, is this really the voice of God? Ask yourself two questions. And the first thing you need to ask yourself is this, is what I'm hearing lining up with the scripture. The truth is, listen, God will never tell you to sleep with your boyfriend or girlfriend. He will never tell you to leave your spouse just because you think the person at work is cuter. He will never tell you to cheat or to lie. He will never tell you to take a job that is going to pull you away from being connected in the local church. And I know that is true because God has already told you that in the Bible. And he will never tell you something new that contradicts what is already in here. So ask yourself, does it line up with Scripture? And if it's more kind of a gray area, you're like, I don't really know, like, then I would just encourage you to ask this question. Is what I'm hearing, does it sound like Jesus? Does it sound like Jesus? Again, in John 10, Jesus says, the sheep hear my voice and they know my voice. Another translation says, they recognize my voice. Um, if you're like, how do you recognize the voice of Jesus? Well, you recognize the voice of Jesus by spending time with Jesus, by being in a relationship with Jesus. And just to kind of like explain to you how this works, I'll do just a quick case study. Um, if you're watching this um, and, or you're listening to this and you're not driving, let me encourage you to do this just real quick, real quick. Close your eyes for a moment. Just close your eyes. And there are one, two, three, four of the people in the room right now counting me. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to just ask yourself right now, is it Jared Pickney? Is it me? Am I talking, right? Jared Pickney. Or is it somebody else that is talking? Is it Robert talking? Is it Spencer talking? Is it Libby talking? Is it Logan talking? Right? And, and you're like, I, if you're listening, you're like, that's a stupid question. Like, of course I know that it's you talking. It's Jared Pickney. I like, it's your voice. Well, how do you know it's my voice? Because my voice has a particular tone to it, has a particular character to it. And you've been listening to my voice. Some of you are in a relationship with me, so it's easy to detect whenever Jared Pickney is talking to you. Because the exact same thing is true with God. The exact same thing is true with Jesus. The more time you spend with him, the more you will recognize his voice. And just so you know, and we're ending, but just so you know, listen, this is very important. Jesus' voice is never accusatory. It's never bullying it's never shaming or condemning, but rather Jesus' voice is always kind, always gentle, always tender. Jesus' voice, listen, will always sound like love and lead you into life. And therefore, with that in mind, as we end this morning, the invitation is just simply this. It's to learn to listen to the voice of Jesus. Stop listening to the voices in your head 
Stop listening to the voices of the past. Stop listening to the voices of the culture. And to listen to the one who loves you and wants to lead you into life. Listen to the one who went to the cross. And at the cross, think about this. Whenever Jesus cried out to God, he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right? In that moment, when Jesus cried out to God, he received the silence of God that was reserved for you and me for our sin. And why did Jesus receive the silence that we deserve so that when we trust in him, we can receive the relationship, the love, the acceptance that only he deserves from the Father. And so right now, no matter who you are, where you come from, if you will trust your life to Jesus, you can enter into an intimate relationship with the creator of the universe. You can speak to him and know that he will speak to you and you can experience truly the fulfillment and the satisfaction and the love that you're longing for. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much that you are a God who listens. You listen to our cries. You listen to our laugh. You listen to um, everything that we say. Um, you're so patient. You're so kind. And, and, and in your kindness and your grace and your mercy, you don't just listen, but then you speak back. Uh, you spoke through your son, Jesus, who is the word, who became flesh. You're still speaking today. You desire a relationship. That's, that's crazy to me. God, I pray that we would never neglect this great privilege that we have right now to enter into your presence, to have an a intimate, joy-filled relationship with you where we talk and we get to hear you talk back to us. I pray for anyone who maybe is watching this who does not have a relationship with you, anyone who maybe uh, Jesus is treating you more like, uh, the, like, a, like a brand and as your, as their shepherd, I pray that changes today. That they would trust you completely. And it's in Christ's name that I pray and ask these things. Amen.